Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright writes, It's believing when you see white, when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says, If you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Today is June the 23rd, 2018. I'm Reg Clay with Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, Craig Dickerson here. Uh, Deb is, uh, I think she's, I don't know if she's in Texas or, no, no I don't think she's in no, Texas. She was down to South, I think, San Diego. No. Hello, Deb. We miss you. <laughs> yeah, we miss you, Deb. Um, so today, we are going to focus on actually two um, verses, because uh, both you and I were inspired. You were inspired by... Um, Oh, shoot, I think it's Luke, right? Mark, no, Mark 4th chapter, verses 35 through 41. Yes. And we'll focus on that. And then later, we will focus on something I was motivated on, which is Luke 9th chapter, 46 through 47. So the first half hour, we'll focus on Mark 4, 35 through 41. And then on the last hour, we'll focus, uh, last half of the hour, we'll focus on Luke 9 which is, uh, once again, Luke 9, verses 46 through 47. All right, I'll open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. Um, We uh, pray that you enlighten us with your word as we delve into your word and um, try to understand what it is you have to teach to us, to bring to us. We ask that your word enriches us, enriches us to um, illuminate us, and to help us go out into this world this week as we deal with uh, all of the things that the world has to throw at us, all of the, uh, the horrible and um, just the, the, the nastiness that the world can bring to us. It does not affect us. It does not change us that we can be strengthened through the armor that you give through us through your word and that we ask that everything that we say and that we do uh, will be motivated and illuminated through the love of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reg. So I'm going to jump right in, man. I'd like to read this. This is Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just really, I don't know exactly what version this is. I'm just going to pick it up. But uh, everybody's got their own one they, they like. King James Version sounds a little more, you know, kind of, stilted to me a little bit. So I'm going to read this version because it's it's very colloquial and again, I'm not sure which one it is. But here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading the Word of God, um, Mark 4, 35 through 41. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amazing. Yeah, that's Mark 4, 35 through 41. Very, very, very powerful. Yeah, it's a story that kind of like knocks on my door. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. just, it just knocks right on my door right now. Yeah. Um, because throughout all this, throughout this story, I mean, you can't deny that we're in a world 
that doesn't seem like our world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it belongs to us. Yeah. And then, where is God? Where is God, we ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this, this is your world, God. And it doesn't feel like it's ours anymore. It feels out of control. Yeah, I can certainly feel that way with everything that's going on. Yeah. And so, so what do we do? We pray. Mm-hmm. We pray. We pray, and we, and we, and we ask, please, mm-hmm. where are you? Yeah. Don't you care? Don't you care? Yeah. What's you know what I find interesting is that Jesus is on the boat. I mean, they. We may say, Jesus, where are you? But if we put ourselves on that boat, we have to acknowledge. Jesus is there. He's on the boat. He is sleeping. And he appears to be, and I want to put the emphasis on the word appears to be, nonchalant about what's happening. You know, the wind is blowing, the seas are raging, and Jesus is asleep. And we may think that God is asleep in our lives. But he's there. He's there in our lives. He may not react the same way that we do. It's amazing when... When tragedy happens in our lives, what, no matter what it may be, we as humans, we have a tendency of wanting everyone to react the same way as we do. Like, this is a very tough week for me with all of everything that's going on, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I sort of wanted to feel that everyone reacts the same way that I do, that when I see something tragic happens, that I feel compassion and I want someone else to feel compassion. And when I get the sense that everyone doesn't react the same way that I do, I feel very much alone. I feel very much alien in this world. I'm like, wow, does everyone have a callus or whatever? It's like going to a movie theater and I may laugh and no one else laughs. Or I may cry but no one else cries. Or let's say a loved one, like I had a good friend of mine, a uh, college, I'm sorry, a, a junior high school friend of mine, he passed away uh, this week, oh, and um, his um, wife, I, uh, I believe his wife or girlfriend, had uh, posted a Facebook thing basically saying, hey, the love of my life died, and, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, is it the same dude that I'm thinking about? And she's like, yes. And I was like, wow. And it's very clear that she, want, she wants everyone to sort of feel the same pain that she feels. But, of course, that's not possible because she was as closest to him as anyone could be. But the disciples, they want Jesus to react the same way that they are. And they're, they're, they're astounded that, you know, why, why aren't you? I mean, it says here, verse 38, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? And it's, it's profound. And, of course, um, Jesus just ignores, doesn't even answer well, no, he gets up and does something about it. Exactly. I think that the sleep of the innocent here mm-hmm. is kind of fun, too. It's something I just kind of thought about just now. There's, mm-hmm. other, there's lots of other things to hit upon and draw lessons from in this, but it's just the fact that God's asleep throughout this crazy storm. Mm-hmm. Peaceful sleep. Yeah. How can he do that? Mm-hmm. What kind of confidence is that? Mm-hmm. The same kind of confidence when he gets up and calms the storm, too. Right. I mean, the disciples are freaking out. Mm -hmm. They can't find any comfort in this situation, in this chaos. Right. I mean, a lot of us can't right now in the chaos of this world. Sure. You know, storms come, Mm -hmm. you know. Even even in the presence of God. Yeah. Storms come. Mm -hmm. Chaos happens. Mm -hmm. And we react to it. Yeah. And it's hard for us to find find uh, peace mm-hmm. to find <laughs> like God comfortable enough to sleep through it right and then when the storm stops he asks them why are you afraid not why were you afraid why are you afraid because they're mm-hmm. now they're afraid now they're it's his awe mm-hmm. but it's fear yeah you know it's like if he could do this mm-hmm. what can he do to us yeah and in a way, mm-hmm. now that it's still, yeah, they can't, you know, they can't, mm-hmm. you know, like, they, they, they still haven't drawn into a, a more mature and deeper, yeah. deeper faith. What, 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 what I find interesting is when people are afraid of things and 
I'll even post the argument that, you know, we have, we have a party that delves on the politics of fear, that feeds on people's, you know, inherent biases and stuff like that, and I'm not going to drill down too much into that. But there was, there was a Twilight Zone episode a long time ago called The Shelter, and basically you have a family, uh, a group of friends who are just hanging out or whatever, and everyone is friendly, happy-go-lucky, and then all of a sudden they hear on the radio, uh-oh, there's a bomb that's going to come, and everyone freaks out. One guy has a shelter. Everyone else wants to go to the shelter, um, but the guy's like, listen, I can only fit my family in here. And they react with fear, with anger, and with rage. They want to kill this guy. And they had forgotten all about the peace and the tranquility they had beforehand. And, of course, the radio cuts back on and says, oh, it was a false alarm. Don't worry about it. But the story reveals the inner fears and angers and rage they already had, even before there was an announcement of a bomb. And I would wager that in some of us, although we may live peacefully, we may have you know, a wonderful house and we have a family and all of that sort of stuff, sometimes within some of us there is still the inner fear that is just waiting for an event to pop up to spring into action. I would dare say that the disciples in this story were afraid even before the storm hit, even before the chaos hit, because it was within them. If they already had a peace and a confidence and the type of faith that Jesus wants all of us to have, they would have never reacted in that way. I mean, we, we've, and we've seen people in our lives who they go through issues. Like I have a friend of mine who went through cancer twice, had both of her breasts removed, but she always had a smile on her face, and she always went to work, and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And, and I, I stopped and asked her. I was like, how do you, how, where, where does the strength come from? I mean, why don't you curse God? I mean, I think her husband left her. And she's like, what other alternative is there? I'm alive. I can function. I can go to work. I'm doing, I can be doing a whole lot worse. There are people who have an inner faith and inner strength that just goes beyond anyone else's, and I think that's what Jesus wants for all of us. But there is an inner fear that some people have, and I think when you talk about when Jesus says, why are you afraid? Even now, the storm is gone. He's basically saying, no, there's an inner fear that you have inside of you that has to be addressed. Yeah. Through faith. That's right. Through faith, because you're human. I, I, I mean, I, I, I could joke about this Bible verse, too. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the lesson to be learned? Yeah. Don't get in the boat. <laughs> stay out of the boat. That's right. Get back on land. Stay in your comfort zone. Stay right? with the crowd. Right. The crowd's back on land. They're all safe. It's right. these guys that are all in the boat. That's and right. so, but we can't get out of the boat. We're in this boat in this That's story. Right. And That's we have right. to put ourselves, we have to take our place. That's right. In, in, in the boat. Yeah. With Christ, we have to take our place mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to be drawn into the whole experience of this story, the whole uh, drama of the storm and the, you know, and, and the chaos and so forth. I mean, we have no choice. Mark gives us no choice. We're right. in the boat, mm-hmm. and we're not going anywhere. No, this, this, right. is, this stuff's going to happen. That's right. And we can cry and scream and rant. Mm-hmm. Say, where, where the hell is my God? Yeah. Who's going to help us? Yeah. You know, doesn't anyone care? Yeah. And the question is, is like, why are you afraid? Mm-hmm. It's because you're human. That's right. Because you're a very human being, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, this, and it's only natural. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus never says, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, maybe, you know, he exemplifies that by snoozing through a, yeah. through a crazy storm, but... He doesn't. He, he doesn't answer their question, right? About, you know. Yes, I do care. Yeah, um, I, I care a lot. He he asks them a question. Mm-hmm. He says, "Why are you afraid?" It doesn't mean that the fear doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that, it, you know, it's not appropriate. But ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, where is the faith? When you do ask that, yeah, and you know he's trying to draw them into like a deeper faith, yeah, you know, or at least I think that's what the lesson here. Is. Yeah. Apart from don't get in the boat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I argue we are always in the boat, and there is always a storm. 
I mean, we love we love comfort, and something that we've talked about beforehand. We love things with that are, you know, are are stable. Like when I get up in the morning, I know where my watch is. I know where my toothbrush is. I know I have a routine. I have a ritual. And people can act really crazy when your ritual is disrupted, when um, bad things happen in our lives, and we say, well, we don't want to protect ourselves from these bad things. But inevitably, it happens. Someone's going to lose their job. Someone's going to lose their wife or their husband. Uh, someone's going to lose, I don't know, a, um, <clears throat> their bodily functions. You're going to get hit by a car. You'll have a, Change you know, is going to happen. Change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's, and it's inevitable. And it's not so much how do I avoid it because we're afraid of change, but how do I equip myself to deal with it when it happens? Mm-hmm. What is the spiritual insurance that we give ourselves? Well, we're given, uh, we're given, you know, uh, two sides of this. We're given mm-hmm. the fear, yeah, and the way we react to things that are uncomfortable, changes that we're not ready for, or mm-hmm. or feel like aren't fair, mm-hmm. or aren't right, or yeah. or hurtful. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can say we're afraid. Yes, we can actually say that we're afraid, and we can address that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But yep. You have to eventually go like, mm-hmm. okay, why am I afraid? What am I afraid of? Mm-hmm. And what's going to get me beyond this, you know, so that I'm not living and reacting to the world mm-hmm. in anger, yeah. fear? Mm-hmm. You know? <clears throat> I mean, any one of those apostles, I guess, could have, like, screamed up and rebuilt a storm <laughs> in the sea. Right. Well, maybe they did. Mm-hmm. But uh, peace be still was mm-hmm. the was the one that got it done. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what's interesting also about this verse? There is a storm happening. Um, A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. He wasn't disturbed about the storm. As a matter of fact, he didn't need to rebuke the storm. He only did it because the disciples wanted him to. So it, it, you know, the inference is, Jesus wasn't concerned about this at all, and the disciples shouldn't have been. Well, if they were Jesus. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, God's working with us in mm-hmm. every single capacity. He's there. Yes. And that, that's what I love about the continuity of the story. It's like, yeah. you know, never left, mm-hmm. always there. Yes. You know, and it's working through Every single situation, mm-hmm. you know, throughout our capacity or incapacity to deal with it. Yeah. There's never, um, there's never a moment where there isn't a presence and a power. That's right. Waiting to be called upon. That's right. You know, and I, and, and you know, we got to ask ourselves over and over, you know, these various questions. I got a bunch of us, mm-hmm. a bunch of questions. So, sure. you know. What am I being redeemed from? What am I being protected from? Right. You know, when I'm in distress, how how have I been brought out of it? Mm-hmm. What have I been rescued from? Yeah. What have I been blessed with to yeah. deal with these things? I yeah. mean, not only what am I afraid of, mm-hmm. but why am I afraid? Mm-hmm. But you know, ask ask these ask these questions from the story. What has benefited throughout this mm-hmm. because you don't get from point A to point B without rocking the boat That's without, right. <laughs> without I mean mm-hmm. if, it, if there was no storm at all there'd be no point to this that's right you know? and if there was just it was just a leaky boat yeah you know then you know they're fishermen they could deal with that right you know this is not like something they are unfamiliar with it was just mm-hmm. really para- perishing and terrifying to them yeah and I would argue, you know, the storm is sort of a metaphor of Christianity, at least from um, Christ's perspective. I mean, he's not going to do the ordinary, you know, thing. He, this is separate from the Pharisees. He's going to go in the storm. He's going to go where others will not dare to go. And he's bringing the disciples with him. It's like, listen, if you think that my mission, that my journey is going to be a nice, safe one, then you've got another thing coming. And at the end of the story, you know, I th- you know, some people may say, like, you know, at the end of the story, when they question, they're like, well, 
what kind of man is this? What kind of manner of person? Who are we following? Who can right. do these kind of wacky things? And mm-hmm. so you see a very, you know, a not very developed, mm-hmm. you know, kind of faith. Yes. With this guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that was brought up in the Bible study when mm-hmm. we studied this this week is like, you know, Christ was not Mr. Popularity. Right. I mean, his family thought he was nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, people thought he was weird. He would go around doing these crazy things. He'd mm-hmm. defy authority. Yeah. He'd piss off, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Pharisees and other people in authority. Mm-hmm. He got some people who just wanted to get rid of him. Yep. You know, yep. or drive him out. <clears throat> you know, get out of town or kill him. Yep. And then he's got this, you know, kind of volunteer, you know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of small group of guys mm-hmm. who've given up everything yeah, and are still kind of like really iffy about this guy and have good reason to be. Sure. Left their families, left, left their security. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably in the boat mm-hmm. when this is going on, going like, I'll never see my, mm-hmm. I'll never see my children again. I'll yeah. never, you know, you know I'll never. You know, this has all been really interesting, but now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any kind of future that, yeah. you know, you know, it beyond is. this. And, uh, yeah. and whether we like it or not, we're all going to go through those times. We haven't been there mm-hmm. already. Yeah. And you brought up something very interesting. There's a fear that the disciples have of the storm, of the sky, of the wind, but also of the water. But also of Jesus Christ. Oh, after after, no, after after this, you know, after this miracle happens, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're freaked out by him and his power. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I wonder how much we are afraid of Jesus Christ. We are afraid of the word. We're afraid of, and we've talked about this beforehand. Like we talked about, what does God want us to do as Christians? You know, what are what are our fears? Like I talked about fellowshipping. There are some of us who are afraid of doing God's will. We're afraid of speaking the word. We're afraid of fellowshipping. We're afraid of doing things. I wonder how much we are afraid. You know, when, when Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Even after the storm is over, the, the disciples are at a point where they're still trying to figure out who Jesus is. Yeah, it's, it hasn't really, hasn't coalesced into, mm-hmm. like, you know, this, this uh, absolute faith yet. Yeah. This absolute acceptance. And I wonder if we as people, if we are have the same disconnect with Christ, where we want to embrace him, but there's still things we don't quite know about him. Well, of course. Yeah. Why, why would uh, why would we, we be in such desperate times with mm-hmm. the things of, we'll, we'll talk about the things that have been going on this week. I, yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, why aren't we doing something about it? Why aren't people outraged more? Why aren't they doing something right now? Sure. I think it's a, I think they're shell-shocked. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I've, you yeah. know, I've, I'm just, I'm still freaked out. Yeah. You know? Or the other extreme where they are so freaked out that they're only reacting by emotion and not by action. There are a lot of people who are screaming and yelling, just like these disciples, about the wind and, you know, all of the horrible things that are going on. But just as Jesus says, without faith. Yeah. You have little faith. You don't have faith. Right. Yeah. And why are you so afraid? Yeah. It's a great story. I like this story. Yeah. So um, were there other things that they talked about in the, um, I mean, there are some questions that Father Justin proposed because he's going to preach on this Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think it was uh, just a little bit more introspection. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're, there are various various things, various lessons, mm-hmm. you know, that other people have gotten. A lot of people got, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of like peaceful, mm-hmm. gentle authority. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that God has mm-hmm. a very, which is, which is not like screaming and yelling. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you know, getting really angry, although I, I, I would argue that rebuking, you know, has its kind of like, you yeah, know. we talked about that this morning. The yeah. definition of it, you know, is kind of, excuse me, kind of seems like it would be forceful. Yeah. But, you know, there's some people who, who argue like, you know, it was the disciples who were freaking out and screaming, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, Christ who was kind of like 
peace, be still. You know, there was a gentle authority. Mm-hmm. And there, there's that lesson mm-hmm. of a lot of people got out of it. Um, my lesson, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I got out of it is that, you know, we're here. Mm-hmm. We're here together yeah. in, in, in this mess, in this storm, yeah. in this boat. And, and our God is never away. That's right. Maybe he's not doing everything mm-hmm. that you ask mm-hmm. when you ask it. Mm-hmm. But you are never, never without him or yeah. each other. Yeah. Or each other. And uh, and, it, and it takes, it, 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 it takes, you know, acceptance of all these things. Mm-hmm. To, to move forward. I mean, you got to wake up every day. That's right. And you go like, no matter what kind of crap nightmare day it's going to be, mm-hmm. or has been, yeah, or will be, mm-hmm. or is, mm-hmm. um, you've got to accept that this is exactly how it should be. Yep. And this is this is what you have, and this is and and you, and you have to you have to you know um, embrace it. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't fight it. You can't make yeah. it. You can't. Make, you can't change it just by not wanting it yeah. to be there. You have to embrace it. I mean, you have to. You have to believe, <clears throat> and belief is the key thing. That Jesus is always there, and the storms will not always be there. And I think you know the fact that Christ is so calm during the storm. Number one, he's not. He's not worried by it. He's not afraid that the storm is going to kill him or anyone else, and. He quickly rebukes it and makes it go away in an instant, and we have to believe that. It's it's uh, number one. You have to understand that you are in the boat. You have to understand that there will be storms, and you have to understand that Jesus will always be there in the boat for, with you, as long as you acknowledge Him. If you don't acknowledge Him, then of course you may say, "Jesus, where are you? You know, why are there these horrible things happening in my life?" Well, if you're if you don't believe that He's there then, of course, he's going to be invisible to you. But if you accept him, then you can let him come into your life and, you know, he'll say, peace be still. And it's, and it's not to say that you, you know, ignore one or mm-hmm. and not the other. Right. I mean, we can sit here and name the things that we're afraid of. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah, I, can, I can name lots of situations right now oh, sure. in my life and in other people's lives who yeah. I'm close with. Mm-hmm. But that, these are, you know, people who we all have actual fears. I mean, we can sure. name these things, and and, mm-hmm. and 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 our sense of betrayal yeah. about them, and mm-hmm. and and the, and, the, and and crying and anguish, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at why is there's just silence when I right. when I ask for God's help? Yeah, and it, but it's only after mm-hmm. we have articulated mm-hmm. these feelings, yeah, that. And, and all the, like, you know, anger and frustration beneath them, mm-hmm. then we can be still yep. and listen. Yep. That, listen to the word. Yeah. You know, listen to the word that God saw. And, you, and we have to go through this storm mm-hmm. in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the boat was just leaking. Yep. I doubt this would make a lot of sense. Yep. <laughs> you know? I mean, the lesson, the lesson here is like, you know, like like you said, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like there's nothing to be afraid of. It's not like fear isn't real. Right. It's real. You know, these your feelings, your emotions, you know, yeah. your, your, your terror, yeah. your anger, mm-hmm. your frustration, and you know, because you know nobody's listening to you. Yep. Um, or nobody, nobody's doing what you need. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You have to go through all that. Yes. In order to kind of like mm-hmm. have that kind of mm-hmm. okay, I've said it. Mm-hmm. I've got it all out. Yeah. Now what? Right. Now you need to have some faith and, and start and start to get the you know get the good stuff. Yeah. You know, but you have to go through it. Yeah. You have to. One, one quick antidote that that focuses on this. Um, so earlier this week, this is at my job, and I'm not going to get into specifics, but we had a, a situation where we needed to get a report out. Um, If you don't know, if you work in the government, whether it be federal or city or state, the fiscal year ends on June the 30th, and the fiscal year begins for the next year, July the 1st. And if you're under a grant, then you have to, sort of like giving a report to your father, 
hey, I need some money. This is what I did with the money that you gave me last year. This is what I'm going to do this year right. in order to get money. And if you don't send that report in, you don't get any money. Okay, so, so scramble <laughs> to get that. Right? Exactly. And, of course, uh, the day before yesterday, the Internet just went out. I oh, guess no. a, a, a line got cut. They call it a fiber optic line got cut, and we were out of the internet. We didn't, we couldn't print, we couldn't do anything, and we had uh, one person who was sort of justifiably so freaking out because it was her responsibility to get the stuff out. And you know, um, there was a the um, upper staff member, uh, her, her boss, basically says, "Listen, we need to just calm down and let's figure it out. Let's strategize what's going on." And the other staffer was like, listen, you don't understand. You know, it takes all this time. And maybe you don't understand what I have to do because you never had to do it before. And this has to be done and that has to be done. And I, th- I thought everything, everything that you're going to tell me, I thought, I, I thought about already. And it's just not going to work. And I just don't know what to do. And she was like, listen, just calm down. Everything is going to work out. To but make a long story short, everything did work out. Friday came. The Internet was back up. I helped her out because I've done this before, you know, getting everything done. And we got the grant out the door, oh. and we all live happily ever after. Okay. But to that weekend. Exactly. <laughs> but in the middle of that storm, and it's, you know, it's not like the hurricane or it's not like, you know, a tsunami hit California or something like that, like a natural disaster. It was a lot terrorism <laughs> of fiber optics. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know, like the... the oh, my God, my bus left me, or, you know, my car is broken down or something like that. I mean, yes, it can be tragic when you're in the middle of it, but, you know, several hours later, you know, you're laughing about it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the storms that we have, and, of course, there are real storms, like someone has cancer. Someone uh, is going through, you know, a horrible divorce or breakup or something like that, or, you know, someone, someone has to deal with serious, serious tragedy. But, um... Jesus is always there, and whatever you're going through, he's giving you the ability to cope, to deal with it. And that's one of the great things about fellowship in the church. You know, um, when you're going through horrible, horrible things, you always have people on your side. You know, there are other people on that boat, like the, the, um, the disciples. There are other disciples. It's not like Peter's there alone or John or whatever. They're a group of men together, and Jesus is there too. So... There are man-made disasters, air quotes, that we have to deal with, which can be resolved, you know, at the snap of a finger, you know, snap of a finger. And then there are more serious, serious things, but we still have to have the faith. And there's sort of a calmness. I mean, there are always people in our lives who are very calm, very collect, sort of Christ-like, who are like, listen, I've gone through this before. Peace be still. Let's work to deal with this. Let's work to resolve this. And those are the peacemakers. And the world, you know, you talked about man-made disasters. Yeah. And here's no, this is not man-made. It's a storm. Yeah. It's the yeah. wind. Yeah. You know, and I, and I like the fact that it's the wind. Mm-hmm. Because it's, that's another beautiful little metaphor in this story. It's like you can't see the wind. Right. But you can feel it. Yep. And the wind, if you substitute the word wind with emotions, yep. you know, no matter how man-made or tangible or workable people can tell you about mm-hmm. how you should feel mm-hmm. when huge winds or emotions affect your life and mm-hmm. disrupt your life mm-hmm. and it feels out of control, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, people can tell you, uh, yeah, it's just the wind or... Why don't you just calm down and get a grip? Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel like, no, it's out of my control. Right. It's out of my control. Right. God's not saying, you know, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's acknowledging it. Yeah. He's, you know, maybe not directly, mm-hmm. but indirectly. Yeah. He's not telling you, like, you shouldn't be afraid or you mm-hmm. shouldn't feel or you mm-hmm. shouldn't react. Yeah. He's saying, what comes next? Yeah. What comes next? Because it's going to feel out of control. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, we're, we're all going to feel like it, you know, yeah. we've lost control in one way or another. Well, we can very, very quickly act like children and freak out when horrible things happen. And, you know, Jesus is sort of like the adult saying, listen, everything's going to work out. You just need to have faith. 
and we can be very childlike in You know, and a lot of people tell us that this faith and this thing is like, you know, well, that's, you know, invisible and unchangeable and not changeable. Sure. And, yeah. you know, you can... You can believe in something, or you can believe in the power of something, but that doesn't mean that it's actually doing anything in your life. And, I, and then I'd have to say, like, okay, fine, but then what is the wind? Yeah, I can't exactly. see it. I can't deny it exists. Yes, because I can feel the mm-hmm. I can feel the effects of it. Yeah, you know, and it does make things. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and I, I said yeah. I substituted the word emotions for wind just for fun. Yeah, I you know, my emotions. Yeah, yeah. I. I I could say they're just, you know, a bunch of made-up stuff. However, yes. they have this profound effect of mm-hmm. either, you know, helping me with deal with the situation mm-hmm. or getting right in the way of me dealing with the situation. Exactly. And, yes, people and it's a powerful thing. And so, like, are you well? Mm-hmm. You know, in this story, you have that. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, this, this, you know, the almighty power of God. And they're kind of working, mm-hmm. you know, like, Almost in balance, you know. Yeah. The storm comes, mm-hmm. and then it's called. It's an excellent point. You know? Some people can say faith is just a state of mind. It's not real. Well, I can argue your panic, your fear is a state of mind. Yes, exactly. And and I can say, well, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's not real, but it, it affects change in my life just like, mm-hmm. you know, just like fear does. Yeah. So you got this faith and fear just sitting side by side in the story. Mm-hmm. And both are relevant, and both are mm-hmm. real and unreal, mm-hmm. seen and unseen. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot, you know, in the, you know, in our service about, you know, of all that is seen and all that is unseen, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's there's always this kind of acceptance of of both, yep, and and the weightiness of both, yes. You know, and, and, and what value do we place in it? I mean, nothing has more value than what we put on it. If you put value on fear and hatred and mis- and whatever it is, then yes, it has value because you gave it that power. But if you put value in your faith, if you put value in peace, be still, put value in your dedication, your devotion to God, then that has value. Then that is, it will be stronger than whatever you have to deal with. So it's all in, you know, how you focus. You really can't, you know, construct love without mm-hmm. just using love. You exactly. can't. You can't use it to put put away, you know, like other other things. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to construct it love using love. Anyway, we can go on and on and on. <laughs> like this, but you, you've got another verse, and we should get to it. Exactly. So right. let me uh, segue to Luke ninth chapter, verse forty six through forty eight. And this is the NIV version, and I'll just go ahead and read it. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whomever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. And that is at Luke 9, verse 46 through 48. And um, it's a very, very small passage, but I think yeah. it's also very powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, it's, it's very obvious as to why I'm bringing this up. Uh, all this week I felt really, really just down on reading and listening to the news that's been going on about what's happening um, on the borders uh, regarding Trump's, Trump's um uh, what do they call it? The one, the no, um, the zero tolerance. Zero. To- thank you. The zero tolerance um, on dealing with immigrants. Um, basically, the Republican Party feels that it is a epidemic. Um, I don't know why it's called an epidemic, but it's an epidemic of um, immigrant families crossing the border and going into the United States. So the zero tolerance policy focuses on separating. Uh, number one, arresting the parents, separating them from the kids and having kids be placed in these uh, detainment centers. And there's a whole law behind this. There's a thing called the Flores Agreement, which was uh, initiated. So there was a lawsuit uh, placed against the U.S. government in 1985, and there was litigation that went on through 12 years up until 97 where there's this agreement that happens that basically says children should not be detained or locked up for a significant amount of time. Um, because it's cruel and inhumane. It goes without saying. And um, 
and it was reaffirmed by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in 2016. It is actually during the Obama administration. So basically, Barack Obama had to deal with the same thing. To make a long story short, you're not supposed to detain a child longer than, I believe, 20 days, whether they're with their parent or without. So if ICE is going to lock up a person crossing the border, um, they have to be arraigned. They have to be, uh, you know, either the person can plead guilty and be shipped back to Mexico, or they can say, listen, I'm fighting for asylum, and then there has to be a court proceedings. And just like if you're uh, arrested for, you know, a crime, you're detained, you're locked up, you place bail, then you can go about your way, and then you have to come back for a court date. That's if you can make bail. If you can't make bail, then you're going to stay in jail. And that's where this forest agreement comes up. It's like, okay, what are you going to do with children who are in jail? They're not supposed to be in jail, regardless of what the court proceedings are. I don't understand how children can be charged with a misdemeanor just by being there. Exactly. I mean, I, that's, that's what I, I understand how adults can be charged with a misdemeanor. I still don't think it's right to lock people up for walking across the border. Right. But I don't understand how you can charge children for for a crime. It doesn't, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Right, exactly. And to exactly. punish them. Exactly. Not only by locking them up, but mm-hmm. like lock them up in, you know, away from their families. They, yeah. They don't touch them. Yeah. They don't console yeah. them. And this is what, this is what happens. So how I mean, Obama, It's just horrible treatment. It is, it is really, really horrible. Now, Obama dealt with this by saying, listen, we're going to, we're going to, for those who are entering the country illegally, we're going to put ankle monitors on you so that you're not locked up and so we don't run into a foul of this Flores agreement and we're going to ask you to come back to court. And in America, that happens all the time. Let's say you get busted for, I don't know, um, a traffic violation or a misdemeanor. Um, and you've you, got to get to your job. To your, yeah, you've got to get business. to your job. So you're written a citation and you're told, okay, report back to court because, you know, you weren't committed. To, for, for those who are detained, that usually happens in a normal court proceeding if you committed a felony, if you committed a serious act, if you hit your girlfriend, if you hit your wife, and there's a, a marking there, then if there's a safety concern and you're locked up and you're detained. You have a restraining order and, you know, yeah. Right, exactly. And if you can make bail, then you can get out. But basically, that's why you're locked up. Everyone doesn't get locked up because, number one, the jails are too full. And, two, everyone, every crime, crimes are different. There are infractions like littering. There's misdemeanors, like, I don't know. Um, like walking across the border. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And then there are felonies where if someone is on the street, they are a danger to me. So Obama basically said, listen, these are misdemeanors. People are just walking across the border. I've got to appease the Republicans, and I'm trying to be fair and balanced. So he says, listen, here's an ankle bracelet. you got to show up to court a month later, take your kids, and, you know. And from we'll what see. I understand, yeah. that, that was uh – that was working. That was working. Of course, if you ask the hard right Republicans, they're like, oh, no, that's being soft. So the Trump administration, this is what kicks things off. He's like, no, zero tolerance policy means, no, you don't get the ankle bracelet. We're going to detain you and keep you in jail. That's what I think about the very first part of your uh, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? What's the very first sentence? In the so an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. OK, stop right there. Yep. Um, I alone can fix this. Yep. Ever heard that phrase before? Oh, yes. That's what that phrase reminds me of. That's it's exactly like, right. I'm the only one who can fix this. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know? And there's a, and, and his, <laughs> it's, that, it's that ego. Yes. yes. The ego of these guys starts right out. And, yeah. And Christ basically just like, mm-hmm. oh, man. Mm-hmm. You've got no idea. Exactly. You've got no idea what power is, what real power the, is. The interesting about this verse is that there's a child among them, and the disciples are not focusing on this child at all. It's kind of like, I mean, I've been a kid before, and the parents are talking, and the relatives are talking over my head. like, okay, there's little Reggie. Come on, move out of the way. Adults are talking. You, are, you don't even factor in. And that's what you get the sense here. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, and I love that phrase, knowing their thoughts, because it doesn't really say... So an argument started going on the disciples. They're not really addressing Jesus. It doesn't appear that they're addressing Jesus. They're talking among themselves. 
who's better, who's greater, who's this, who's that, who serves Jesus better, and, you know, who gets the gold star and all that sort of stuff. Um, and Jesus knows. He knows our thoughts. So when we see Melania Trump go down to, you know, to the border to, you know, supposedly, you know, give a press, you know, a, a photo op to show how compassionate and how caring she is, Jesus knows her thoughts. Well, he knows our thoughts even before we have them. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, but I believe that. And, and Trump then, you know, he's supposedly, well, I'm doing this for America, and I'm doing this for the individuals who, whose lives are being affected by these horrible Mexicans, you know, air quotes, who are so-called terrorizing America. Jesus knows his thoughts. Well, he it knows wasn't very effective. It, yeah. it ultimately was effective, just like the Muslim ban wasn't effective. That's just like exactly the, right. Just like the attack on health care wasn't effective. I mm -hmm. mean, it's like, you know, it doesn't mean that this stuff is going to stop. In fact, right. in fact, even this reversal of policy isn't really a true kids reversal. Are kids are still detained. Yeah, Although they're, they're detained with their yeah, parents. It just, like, just means that they're mm -hmm. building bigger jails. Yeah. And to get back on the, the, the Florida's agreement, so when Trump... And these are private jails, too. That are, that exactly. That, that are and exactly. Yeah. And their subcontractors are getting a lot of money so off people of this. Are, people are making money off of this. Exactly. This is really sick. So you have Jeff Sessions, and there's another... Um, I don't even know who the... Um, there's some sort of a Trump um, uh, advocate or uh, um, some advisor who created the zero-tolerance policy thing. But they didn't think about this Flores Agreement and being a foul of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and opening us up to lawsuits. Because now you're drawing a back to a policy of detaining children for a long time. So they thought, okay, we have a creative idea. We'll put them into centers. You know, what do they call them? Wellness centers or care centers or whatever you're going to call them. They're still jails. Detaching the children from the parents so that the parents are in the jails legal sense jails, but we'll put the kids in centers. But they create this policy, and the staffers aren't even equipped to deal with kids as young as five years old, as toddlers. These staffers are used to dealing with teenagers who are crossing the borders, who are 17, 16 years old. Um, and so when you talk about them not holding and touching these kids, they're going off of a policy of, hey, no sexual harassment around these 16, 17-year-old kids. No, now you're dealing with five-year-olds, but they haven't been told what to do and how to handle it. They can't even tell you mm -hmm. <coughs> who their, you know, where their papers are. Right. Who they are. Right. Who they belong to. Right. They're just terrorized. And if you just absolutely terrorized. And if you listen to the Melania, so they had, they recorded, video recorded the Melania meeting, they were asked, okay, how long are these kids held there? Oh, 45 days. <laughs> when do they get to talk to their kids? I mean, their their parents. Uh, twice a week. Oh, over, really? over the phone, if the parent can verify that they are the parent of the child, which means paperwork. What if they don't have paperwork? Yeah, what if you don't know? Right. What if you shipped them all across to 13 different states overnight? Exactly. And without any kind of viable way of tracing who came from where and with whom. Right, exactly. Yeah, which this is, the is problem, just which is happening right now. Just, yeah, this is just a logistical nightmare. It's just horrible, and it's, you know, a lot of times I'll look at the news, and it's not like I'm look for these news. A lot of times it just pops up on, I get a, a pop message on my phone. I don't know if you get these, um, these um, what yeah. do they call them, the um, yeah. Yeah, push notifications. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times the news just jumps in your face. It's like, hey, Reggie, I know you didn't want to focus on bad news, but boom, <laughs> here it is. Um, and it's been just been really, really tough. I talked to some staff members, and they were like, hey, you okay? I'm like, listen, I just can't even look at the news anymore. And one, one fellow paralegal of mine was like, listen, I cried in bed yeah. all night yeah, because of what's going on. Yeah, it's just horrifying. And uh, Rachel Maddow of NBC, she just broke down on camera. That's horrible. I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's, it's just horrible. And... I think, you know, yeah, the image of your this. story yes. became, you know, became the image of Time Magazine. Yeah. Of just like, you know, if you really want to know, mm -hmm. you know, what matters. Yeah. You know, accept, accept and take care of innocent people. Yes. Love the very innocent, the people who maybe you can't have, mm -hmm. you know, you know, 
any other way of dealing with it except to address their yeah. their their needs mm-hmm. and, and and their basic human needs. I mean, yeah. that's you do this, mm-hmm. you know. Anyone who does this is doing exactly what I came here to ask you to do. Yeah, you know, which is take care take care of the ones who need it the most. Exactly, the ones who are most vulnerable. Exactly, the ones who don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. The ones who aren't really interested in who. Greatest among you because they're just trying to survive. Yeah. You know? Jesus says it right here, verse 48, Luke 9, verse 48. If you don't listen to anything else, just listen to this statement. Then he said to them, Whomever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. We don't have to go even further than that. You welcome this child. They don't. They, these disciples don't know who this child is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. And I think that's why this is affecting people in such a real, visceral mm-hmm. way, is because it's plain to see mm-hmm. what's wrong. Yeah. It's plain and plain to see what's wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it won't be tolerated. It will absolutely not be tolerated. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's people have risen up. There's a, I gave to, there's a, uh, and I'll put a link on this, uh, races, R-A-I-C-E-S, Texas.org. They are a uh, nonprofit company. Uh, it's not a company. I think it's a, a church organization. They give legal aid to undocumented immigrants coming across the border uh, who need legal aid, and they also uh, give bail money for individuals because so we talked about stay locked up. so they don't have to stay locked up and they can take their kids. Maybe you can provide that link through our exactly our, our web presence. Exactly. That's exactly and, what uh, I want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm blown away. Mm-hmm. I'm blown away. But, you know, we've been saying this all along. We've been saying this through the, the you know, the, mm-hmm. the mass shootings. We've been saying this through Charlottesville. We've yes. been saying this through the Muslim ban. Yes. We've been saying this about the, the taking away of, of, of people's, mm-hmm. you know, basic human health care. And mm-hmm. here we are once again just saying, like, it can't go on. This crowd can't, has to stop. Well, it's, I don't know. I, will it go on? Will it go on through mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the, Midterms will it go on through twenty twenty. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, well, now, that, now that we're the laughing stock of the world, yes, we are. And you know, as far as mm-hmm. you know, our foreign policy and security, mm-hmm. you know, throughout throughout the world, this made up crisis at the border is just d- disgusting. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, I've been mugged three times. I've I've you know have to go through you know. Never by, never by an immigrant. Never, I've never had any issue. People talk about, oh, you know, the safety, and we have to. I mean, there's this. Not to get into polit- not to get into knee deep into politics, but when we talk about the conservative Christian right, they talk about, well, we want to preserve family American values and preserve the American family, preserve the family against the government that's trying to intrude on families. What do you think is happening right now? The government is intruding on families right now. Although they're not American families. Well, they're not white families, apparently. Right. Right, exactly. So, when we, if you really look at yourself as a Christian, you know, look in the mirror. You know, how, can you really be a Christian and condone what's happening? Well, uh, apparently not, because a lot of, even the, even the evangelicals who kind of stood by mm-hmm. with the NRA and stood by with the neo-Nazis mm-hmm. and, and st- stood by against... Uh, uh, the uh, right of choice people, sure. you know, and, and all these other things mm-hmm. that, that seem like liberal concerns. All the evangelicals who have mm-hmm. kind of, you know, turned a blind eye mm-hmm. to some of the, you know, what I would call corruption and evil of in course. this administration suddenly are kind of like, okay, we've had it. That's enough. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying all of them, right. but uh, a lot of people are saying like, I'm sorry. I know we've said Trump is the law, just mm-hmm. like Sessions said, obey the Bible. It says obey the law. Right. And a lot of these evangelicals think Trump was elected to because of God's will. Mm-hmm. And I think even now it's starting to be like, no, this is bullshit. Right. This is just absolute bullshit. Yeah. This is a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're going to have to, yeah. you know, cut bait. 
you know, pretty right, soon. Right, yeah, we talked about Romans 13, about obedience. I think it's never a problem to question authority. If you want to question your pastor, if he or she, if you think are, if there's something that they're telling you that you don't quite understand, you have every right to say, hey, I don't understand this, and I don't understand why we're talking about this or whatever. If they answer to it, then that's fine. Well, then they got to come up with all the Old Testament and New Testament, you know, mm-hmm. references to welcoming immigrants, loving immigrants, treat the stranger in your land as if he's your brother. Exactly. Um, exactly. Over and, love thy neighbor. Yes. For Christ's sake. Yes. Love thy neighbor, damn it. Yes. Uh, that doesn't mean just the one that you kind of like at the moment who, yeah. who waters the, and mows their yard. Yeah. It means every single one. It, you know, Christianity doesn't equal absolute obedience. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of cults that sn- snooker in people based on this belief that you must obey everything that the leader, whoever the leader is, whether it be the pastor or the president. You know, I think Jesus wants us to be a thinking Christian. He wants a thinking church, yeah. a church of compassion and a church that um, can be disruptive when it needs to be, just I mean, as Jesus Christ was. I mean, we're all, we're all, I'm, I'm new to you know this, this kind of biblical study, but mm-hmm. the one thing I do, you know, and I think uh, I, I, I think we come on here and we try to mm-hmm. express you know, you know some some wisdom and, and, and authority, but please understand that this is this is um, this is this is novice people talking, mm-hmm. and the one thing I can't appreciate about coming to this uh, mm-hmm. to this particular kind of fellowship and the way we uh, you know especially with Deb's here and we're yeah. all we're all engaged yeah is that we spend so much time trying to find the questions mm-hmm. as as well as the little nuggets of truth mm-hmm. throughout throughout these uh, you know these words yeah. And I think just to sit there and, and, and allow things to just be taken on face value mm-hmm. does a disservice to it. Yeah. You know, you have to, I mean, just like in the first story, you know, the disciples ask questions. Yeah. Christ asks questions. Mm-hmm. We look at the story, we look at Luke, and we go, like, who is that child? Am I these, you know, mm-hmm. am, am, I, am I willing to, you know, stand up? Just as Jesus, am I? Am I doing? Who am I? Am I the child? Am I the Jesus? Right. Am I the disciples? Right. Which one am I? Am, yeah. I, am I the world that needs this child, and, and, and this child needs? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, you kind of just like, you know, in the first story, all the questions. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, who is this man? Why are you afraid? Mm-hmm. Have you no faith? Yes. Don't you care about us? Yes. You know, these are all. They're, they're never really fully answered, you know. Right. But they, they're just out there, hanging out there. And mm-hmm. why are they hanging out there? Why would Mark do that? Right. You know, and right. uh, and I think the whole point of it is, is like, because you need to ask them. Yeah. You don't necessarily get the answer, but you get the question. The question motivates you mm-hmm. to act in a different way, to have a bit a different attitude about it than you would have otherwise. To mm-hmm. maybe try faith. Maybe understand fear, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Maybe see the neediest person and care for them when you would just ignore them otherwise. Exactly. You know, these yeah. are these are not things that beat you over the head, but the things to kind of open your heart up, open your heart up, open your mind up. Exactly. You know, and, and that's the thing that ties both Mark four to Luke nine. We have disciples who. I guess they're young. They're they're young in their faith and their belief and what Jesus wants to teach them. And in both instances, both in the bo- they're in the boat, afraid of the water, and they're in the presence of this child. But they're focusing on other things. It's like, where is your mind? Where is your faith? Where is your heart? Right, exactly. And Jesus rebukes them each time. Uh, I don't know if rebuke is is the word I'm looking for. Well, Sounds, yeah. sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, basically he's teaching a lesson to them. It's like, listen, if you're going to carry my name forward, you got to do better than this. Mm-hmm. If you're on the boat, yeah. you can't freak out every time there's a storm. Mm-hmm. And if there's a child in your presence, you yeah, do not ignore, ignore them. them. No, no. You, you know, it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to freak out and, mm-hmm. and, and not realize, you know, hey, you know, like you said, the storm's going to go away. Right. You know, 
nothing lasts forever. And it's easy to ignore people. It's, yes. you know, it takes, you know, just like working out, you know, it takes, mm-hmm. you, you have to sit there and work that love muscle. You work the hate muscle, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. You know? Right. We talked about uh, you know, when we, the love muscle is just going to atrophy. You know? Yeah. And you, you, when we think about people who don't have the compassion, and like I was I don't know why, but there was a Fox clip where... I should say love muscle. Yeah, that's... I know your mind is purer than that. Right, right, right. But there was a a Fox um, uh, anchor who was like, well, listen, these aren't our kids. Why are we focusing on Mexican kids? These aren't our kids. And I was like, wow, how in the world can you think that? How, how How many people are his people? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, is that just his aunts and uncles and immediate family? Yeah. Or does well, that include all the other anchors at the Fox News and their, yeah. their children? You know, it's just like, I'm sorry, we got to think bigger than that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, I'm, these are our kids. Yes, these are our neighbors. Yes, exactly. Yes, they do belong to us. Yeah. I can understand yeah. wanting to get yeah. a paycheck, but for God's sake, you know, doing that, I mean, it will it cost your soul? You know, what, what is the uh, that verse if you, what what is it to to own the world but, you know, lose your very soul. So, oh, yeah, there's, a, there's another story. We could cut that one. Yeah. We don't have time for, <laughs> don't have, don't right. have time for another story. Exactly. The rich man and the... <laughs> right, exactly. Rich right, man, right, the item of right, right, a needle. Right, right, right. Basically, it's just about compassion. It's about um, where are you? You know, there's a storm happening. You know, this thing is a storm. I mean, you know, this... And there'll be other storms next week and the week after next, you know, whether it be... Trump-related or, you know, whatever's going on. The answer is not why is there a storm and where is Jesus Christ? It's Jesus is within us, and while he is within us, what are we going to do about it? Can we... What is our time of action? And, you know, like I said, one thing I did, I gave to races. I gave 50 bucks to um, racestexas.org. I'll read just a little bit of what they're all about. And, uh, you know, I'm very skeptical when it comes to fundraisers and stuff like that because there are a lot of fundraisers that either bogus or they give a lot of money to the administrative needs. One of the cool things about races is that it gives financial aid to the lawyers, the defense attorneys who will represent these uh, uh, immigrants who are coming across our country who, uh, who need legal representation, you know, regardless of what you think, who you think they are. I mean, there are some people who should not come into our country. Let's say there are members of MS-13 or there are people who really do want to commit violence. That's fine. I totally understand the fear of that. But vast majority of the people who are coming across, they just want a job. A lot of them work at Burger King. A lot of them work a at, lot you of know, them are fleeing these, you know, this exactly kind of are violence. Fleeing you know? Horrible violence. Yeah. If, if I didn't live in America, I'd want to come to America. So, especially if my own family got, you know, exactly. sucked up into it or killed or hurt, yeah. or threatened. Yeah. yeah, I'd be next bus out of there. <laughs> exactly. You know? So it gives legal aid to all of the immigrants who are seeking asylum and who want to have a better life. Also, it gives bail money to them so they can get out of jail and they can get their children out of start jail. living a life. Exactly. Some kind of normalcy. Exactly. So I'll just read a little bit from the website. Unlike in the criminal system, bail bond companies either do not help people in immigration proceedings or impose very strict requirements like private ankle monitors, which families have to pay for rent. I didn't even know that. Um, So it says donate to our fund directly to support legal services for detained separate parents and the direct funding for bonds to get parents released. And there's a lot more, but we'll put a link on there, racisttexas.org. RACIS stands for, let me see if I can find that one, Refugee and Immigrant Centers for Education and Legal Services. That's what RACIS stands for. So. It should be race cells. Yeah, it should, because, you know, racist, if you just say the word, you know, you think, what a racist, but uh, Refugee and Immigrant, immigrant Centers for Education and Legal Services. in the middle of that so that you, you Oh, that's right. You know, it has that kind of visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're in Texas, and they're doing a fantastic job, and I'm contributing to them, and I think uh, you should as well. And uh, have we have we tapped out? Or we I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I've got to go, go uh, do some stuff later on. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah, you've been busy. Yeah. So go ahead and close us out in prayer. Oh, okay. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much uh, once again for bringing us together. Even though it's hard to get ourselves 
up and, and focused and ready to start this. At the end of each one of these, I feel closer to you. I feel uplifted. And I, and I just want to spread that kind of joy and good vibe because I know that we need it. So hopefully, you know, everyone here is, uh, you know, has gotten a bit of that. And uh, we thank you for that. Always saying thanks and always being very grateful and very happy um, that we can once again, you know, enjoy our fellowship and, and enjoy your words. In Jesus' name, thank you. And In Jesus' amen. name, amen. Now, I think we had a good talk today. I think we got a lot done. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may be, you may be, you may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which has made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook or on SoundCloud, and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the internet and social media and great technology. It still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for you got to have faith, and you'll find us. If you're an Android user, download SoundCloud, search for us, and you can find us there. Or, yeah, yeah, you can also down, yeah, download SoundCloud or just go on SoundCloud.com, and you can search for us there. You can also hit me up on Twitter or on Instagram. And on Facebook, you can find me at Reg Clay, Reg Space Clay, and uh, just let me know what you think about the podcast. I don't think you have a, um, a Instagram or a thing. <laughs> I don't have an Instagram not, or a not, thing. Not yet, <laughs> but uh, you will. Thank you so much, everyone, and uh, God bless each and every one of you.